0: Welcome everyone to the second edition of our brand new podcast, Two Ladies in the Kingdom. Uh, Kingdom is Thailand. Emma and I are the ladies, and, uh, we are both fighters and bloggers. Yep, here in Thailand. Um, and Emma's blog is called Under the Ropes. My blog is EightLimbs.us, um, and we have a sponsor now. So, uh, so uh, we're sponsored by Low Blow which makes groin guards for men and women, but we're excited about them making groin guards for women. Um, so this one is mine, uh, Emma and I are both fighting today, so we will both be wearing ours in our fights tonight. Um, and there's a promo code that Loblo has offered for our listeners, so if you order through amazon.us or amazon.uk, um, you can get a 10% discount. And um, this is the the female groin guard, which is Awesome. awesome in my experience. Emma's wearing it for the first time tonight, but you've trained in it a few times, right?
1: Yeah, I've been wearing it for sparring and clinching and I love it. So I'm excited to, to use it in a fight for the first time tonight. It's awesome to not get knee in the groin, or if you get kneed yeah. in the groin, it's
0: not the worst. Um, but the promo also works for their uh, male groin guards, which I don't know anything about, but um, Emma's boyfriend too has one, and what has been his
1: experience with it? He's been using the uh, the Aerofit Aero model um, which he loves He's used it for his last couple of fights The first time I was like okay you have to use this um, <laughs> He was like why And then after that he, he loved it So he's like he's moved on to that one full time now um, He said it was really really comfortable um, Especially because it has Like a silicone lining around the edge of it Which makes it fit much nicer than just like Steel or whatever it is they make those Other ones out of and So yeah strength. he loves it <laughs> The strength yeah. to, go, to go up your butt yeah, and you don't have the string in your crack, so I think that's much nicer. <laughs> um,
0: so our promo card is save,
1: and then the number
0: two, and then ITK. So the ITK is in the kingdom, if that helps you remember, and it's save to ITK for the yeah, promo The save card. is in our capitals, right? I believe so, yeah. Yes. Um, and we will also post that somewhere so that you can see it. Um, okay, so getting into it, Emma and I are both fighting tonight. Um and probably probably at
1: similar times what time does your program start um I believe it starts at 7 p.m. it's actually gonna be televised this one but it's on like a really obscure channel will it be
0: live-streamed do you know?
1: I don't know I'll find out but it's on a Guru TV um which is spelled K-U-R-U uh I don't know if there's a live stream but I'll find out more uh yeah that's in Ratchaburi, and yours yours is in Pattaya, right? Yeah, I'm like five minutes away, which I super
0: love. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, You've fought on TV a couple of times. Do you think about being on TV at all?
1: Um, No. Well, I guess not at the time during the fight, you know. <laughs> Afterwards, I'll be like, oh, God, everyone's going to see that. But um, there was one time where I didn't know it was on TV. This was a long time ago. Um, it was in, like my, my fifth or sixth fight. And um, it was when I used to fight a fight at Ranksit Stadium, and their, their fights were always on True Move every week. Um, True Sport, sorry, True Movies, the mobile company. That's not the same thing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> on True Sport, and uh, they eventually stopped. They stopped broadcasting the fights at Ranksit, um, which meant they they were like replaying old ones. And people would come into work and be like, Oh, I saw you fight on TV the other day. I was like, <laughs> I didn't fight the other day. What are you talking about? But they were just replaying my old fights, so that was cool.
0: <laughs> my uh, my fight for Yo-Cow with Lomani nee because it was so bloody um, is one that people will see. Like now, and then they'll see yeah. me and they'll freak out about it. And I'm like, it was two years ago, I'm all right. <laughs> it's
1: yeah, it's fine. It's a long time ago. <laughs> um,
0: but you're fighting, fighting uh, Kratai Tong, which translates to the Golden Rabbit, who's uh, from Huahin, Hin, which is just a little bit farther down the coast from where you're fighting. Um, yeah, I fought I mean, Golden did. Rabbit once. Yep. And uh, it's uh, in Hin, right? Yeah, it's rare that you and I fight the same girls, but I think it's been like three of them now.
1: Yeah, this I think this is the third one.
0: Yeah.
1: I think it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Um and she's been fighting quite uh frequently. Um yeah, for me I haven't fought since September, which is far too long. Um but she's been quite active. So it'll be quite good. She um she seems to fight kind of like I don't know, at
0: at very different sizes. Um like she's not a different size, but she fights both
1: both up and down it seems um yeah she fought it in Hua Hin um I think it was last month not long ago anyway and um she fought uh from more Ratana Bundit gym but she fought it uh, 54 kilos for that one mm. do you have, to weigh, you have to weigh in for this uh, one no, no not at all. <laughs> <laughs> actually there's another guy from my gym fighting um, who I mentioned in the last podcast. And uh, yesterday we were kind of doing that last training session you do before the fight where you're just kind of shadow boxing and, you know, doing a little bit of bag work and not much. And then he gets up and goes on pads. I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you doing pad work? And he's like, oh, I'm a little bit heavy. And I'm like, but there's no way in Like, what, what's the problem? But, this this happened at my gym
0: also. There's a woman training with me from Spain, um, and she – she was going to be with me for three months. Unfortunately, she's um, she's going somewhere else because she's helping out a friend and taking care of his house. But she's fighting tonight, and um, she and I have fought the same opponent in in Nong M, um, who I fought in Chiang Mai and she fought in Bangkok. Um, but she's just you know she's been traveling around prior to coming and being and training with me, and she wanted to kind of wait a few weeks before before thinking about having a fight, and then it just kind of got thrown at her. So she's fighting a little bit earlier than she had anticipated. Um, but she's just kind of uncomfortable in her body, um, and so she wanted to kind of cut down on her weight before the fight. But she really was only told about it like a week in advance, so there's no like, it's only a weight cut at that point. Um, and she was really tired and training, and like she just wanted to to do the weight cut. And I'm like, you're not you're not weighing in. Don't do that.
1: <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah, it should not be a priority right now.
0: It's strange. I think that um, I think that because because the weight is so linked in the West like you don't fight without having some kind of weigh in or because they're yeah. um, I guess uh, infrequent or something like that people people feel like they kind of have to um, go that route I'm tonight I'm fighting Fa Chiang Rai who I fought about a month and a half ago um, and I used to fight her up in Chiang Mai when I was training there um, and in another three days I'm gonna fight her again but for the northern title um, up in Chiang Rai where she's from and so we have to weigh in for that one, but we don't have to weigh in, to weigh in for this one. So it's like, I'm, I'm starting to kind of think about my salt intake right now to prepare myself for that fight on the 4th. But yeah. it's like it totally doesn't matter for today. It's so funny that today we just weigh whatever we weigh and then up there we have to like hit the mark. So. Yeah,
1: it's so strange that you're going to fight her for a, for a title in a few days and then you're also fighting her today for nothing.
0: <laughs> totally there's like not there's not even money on the fight. I haven't I haven't really figured out why uh, she was keen to come down and have this fight here unless it was to kind of have like a practice run or to try to like I don't know do something in this fight that will affect me for the next fight, which I'm totally thinking about too. So it's, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um
1: but yeah, I hope there's no cuts in this fight. I'll fucking fight her with a cut. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah it's a uh, it's
0: exciting. I I like that I'm able to fight um, such a good opponent so many times because the first when I fought her a month and a half ago, um, I had gotten the call from uh, my manager up north who was like, um, "She's hard to book, so we can't really reschedule this fight. So you just need to figure out a way to like drop whatever else you're doing and come do it." And I was like, "Awesome!" So it was okay. it was kind of like grab the opportunity when you can because she's she's difficult to book, and now it's like and three more. All right, so um, quite a lot has been happening with um, female Muay Thai here in Thailand. That we have uh, a little bit of highlights of what's been going on. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of fights in in the last month, actually. Yeah, it seems to be a little bit uh, seasonal at the moment. I've noticed a lot more um, tidal fights in Muay Siam in the past month, I would say. Um, but so uh, the first on our list is Jasmine Wybird. Uh, from Australia, defeated Sai Fa, who's a very well known fighter in the north, um, for a UN trophy. Um, and I've seen this UN trophy before. They seem to have a program, program that they work with violence against women and children. Um, and I've seen it once before at the finale of Muay Thai Angels when Chomani, uh was holding the cup. Um, but I haven't seen this fight. Uh, but Sai Fa is a really good, long, tall clinch fighter. Um and I think this fight happened down on the islands. Do you know? It's like Samoy. Uh
1: I don't know where it actually took place. They did post a little highlight video, didn't they? Oh, I haven't seen it.
0: Um if if they did I want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll find that. Okay.
1: Um
0: and then also Tiffany Van Sost from the US, um, has moved to Bali
1: to Yeah, that happened out of nowhere.
0: Right. I think I mean clearly it, it had some precedent to it. She had gone and um, done like seminars there, I think that she and Kaylee Reese actually were there at the same time, they're like total buddies. Um, Mm -hmm. And so so she just kind of at uh, the Eight Limbs uh, Academy when she was doing a seminar for Kate's gym, she was like, and now I'm moving to Bali to to train MMA and be a trainer. Um, And she kind of had radio silence for a little while but now she's starting to to post like her commute to work and that kind of thing. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see her in MMA. I'm kind of interested to see who she'll sign with um, because she's not the right weight for the UFC and they're so restrictive that that doesn't seem like the best option. Uh, Mm. But I'm curious if it'll be like Bellator or Invicta or or
1: any of those things that
0: I don't know. Should be interesting.
1: Yeah, it's exciting for her to do something different.
0: Um, And then also there was uh, Lorraine versus Ekaterina from Belarus. Is that where she's been? And that was on the, on the
1: Kunlun fight, right? Yeah.
0: So that was actually a, a very big production, like like huge event, and to have to have a female fight on that card is actually pretty impressive. Um, I know Kunlun does have female fights, but they tend to be in China. I haven't really seen female fights on the um,
1: on the Thai side of it. Yeah, they only recently started doing shows in Thailand, mm-hmm. and that's connected to Borawatian. Right? The the connection is Borawat. Buk- yep, be yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was some interesting uh, some media build up around Bokau and then, and Lauren's opponent leading up to this fight because I uh, I think she was training at his gym and they'd posted like pictures of him like training her or like massaging her or something which is totally normal. But then people were like hoping that they would get together or something. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: um, Egaterina's is, is called Barbie. Uh, yes, that's right. She's she's definitely got a look, um, very beautiful, thin, tall, white, all these things, um, blonde. And so I think that the excitement about Bukau being with this like Barbie model was was very very high at the time. I will say that it's not totally normal to have your trainer massage oil into your legs if you're a woman. Um, but it's normal enough that it does not mean
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Anything yeah huge. and
1: Ekaterina actually won that fight yeah she
0: she did really well at like executing her game plan I was really impressed with her fight actually and Lorraine was man she was just going in that whole fight and I I hate when people are like you just kept going because it sounds really like patronizing but she really like it, it's not like she just took a lot of damage type of thing like she actually just yeah. She kept fighting hard, which I was I was really impressed by. It was really good.
1: It's funny, like you say, it's kind of patronizing, like when 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 you lose a fight and then people are like, you just you just took everything and then just and just didn't give up. And it's like, well, obviously, would you? <laughs> do you want me to just lay down? It's like that's the only compliment you can give me. <laughs> it makes it sound like it's, you were just kind of like,
0: do it. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then Ashley Nichols from Canada has moved to Thailand.
1: Yeah, speaking of fighters moving, she's come out here. She got here here on uh, February 23rd. Uh, There was a GoFundMe that she set up just before she came out here. Um, Where is she? Is she training at Kaosemrit?
0: She's at Kaosemrit, yeah.
1: Yeah. So let's see. There could be some really good matches for her over here.
0: She's... um, She's a very established fighter. She's been fighting for a long time, and she's been coming to Thailand for a long time. Um, but what's kind of very interesting to me about the length and, and, like, spans of her career is that in all this time, she's pretty much remained an amateur fighter um, mm. because of because of the events that she does and, and the fights in Canada that she's done. Um, she's fought in the U.S. a couple of times. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to see what you know, living and training in Thailand for, I think she wants to do a year at least, um, it'll be interesting to see kind of how she structures that. QSM has a lot of connections, um, so she should be on some, some pretty big shows, but, um, I, I don't know what her, like, main, main goal is if she's looking for particular titles or she just wants to, um, you know, come to a different step in, in her career, which has been pretty long already, so.
1: Yeah, well, having I mean, she's just come off Lion Fight as well, so she, be, she should be able to get some some pretty good matchups here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I have to correct when I said that the um, Jasmine Wybird versus Saifah fight was on the islands. It was not. It was part of a Muay Thai day event. That's right. Uh, it there, was in Bangkok. There are two Muay Thai days in Thailand. Um, the one that that I think has been around for longer is March seventeenth. Which is Naikonam Tom Day. Um, Naikonam Tom is the like champion who was taken by the Burmese and defeated all of their boxers and won his freedom. He's badass. Um, and then recently, February 6th—not super recently, but maybe the, the last four or five years or something—February uh, 6th has become Muay Thai Day, and that's to give it a, a, a royal link. So it's connected to the Tiger King used to disguise himself as a commoner and go fight. <laughs> like,
1: I'm not your king. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so but, uh, you, mentioned, uh, you mentioned you mentioned Saifa earlier, and she just fought um, Coco Puff up north in Chiang Mai, right?
0: Yeah, so I think these fights were uh, within a couple of weeks of each other. Um, and Saifa is the 118 pound think WPMF uh, champion um, and Sophia Coco Puff is, is she generally cuts down to I think about 112 um, so this was a, was a fight that she wasn't uh, making weight for so she was um, she was fighting up, up from what she normally fights um, and it was a it's it's interesting because Sai Fa has recently changed gyms I don't know how long she's going to to stay where she is if it's temporary or if it's a full move but she's at a new gym um, that I think is just called Chiang Mai Boxing Gym, um, and it's at, it's at a university. And one of my old trainers is actually uh, a trainer there. But it's cool because it means we're going to be seeing her in the like um, Chiang Mai scene probably more often. Um, but she was, uh, she definitely Sai Fa showed her experience in in that fight for sure. Um, in in the final round, she was um, incredibly cocky <laughs> in a way that. That uh, would have aggravated me if I were fighting her, but I also really love it. So, yeah,
1: she's a- She also had a huge reach advantage. She was so much taller.
0: She is very tall, and I didn't realize how tall she was because um, the times that I've watched her fight, she's fought also not the same height, but similarly tall and long um, opponents. Um, but she has a really good clinch and knee game, um, which she she executed really well in that fight and. Sophia has a very like forward aggressive style um, so you know it's an exciting fight fight to watch for sure um, and Sophia had just fought prior at the Santai festival um, which is her gym and uh, the owner of that gym likes to promote women on the annual santai festival so for the past three years um, they've had women as the main events um, the first year was sauing versus um Farida. Farida. Farida from Germany. Um, that was huge. Wasn't that like 50,000 bot to the winner?
1: I believe so. Yeah, I remember being a very big purse. It was huge
0: and exciting. Um, the second year they did a tournament at like 51, 51 kilos. And so that was um, Cherry, Nanghong, Hong, Nong Bens and, Benz, and By Fern. Um, and Cherry won that by knocking out both of our opponents. Uh, and then this year, the main event was Nong M versus uh, Fanny from Greece. And Fanny's been, she's similar to um, Ashley Nichols in that she's been coming to Thailand for a really long time.
1: Um, she has a lot of fights. Doesn't she have, like, 60 or something? Something like that. She has a lot of titles as well. She has a lot of belts. And she comes comes out here and trains at sassy Prapa Gym. Um... So I don't think she lives here, but she does. She does come out here for like long periods of time. Yeah. Quite a lot. Yeah.
0: And did you see any any highlights from that fight? I
1: didn't. I haven't seen any video from that fight. Or either either of those fights actually from the Soundtide festival. But yeah, we did see video of Koga um, Puff and Saifar after that.
0: Yeah. So so Coco Puff fought um, um, Hong Tong who is the 118 pound northern champion. So she's, she's fighting at this higher weight at the moment. Um, and Nong M, I uh, I've fought twice. Um, I have not beat her. She's, she's larger than I am, but she comes from a wushu school um, in Assan, And so she has this kind of somewhat unusual style, but she's got this like counter left high kick all the time that just like pins your arm. Which is interesting because Fanny's style is just this right cross, like all the time. So I would mm. love to see how that panned out because those actually don't go together. <laughs> so, uh, clearly, clearly Fanny was able to figure it out, but I'd like to actually see the execution of it.
1: Yeah, but uh, from what I heard, Fanny really controlled the fight. So apparently it was a really good one. I really hope there's video. Yeah, there's actually not a whole lot of video of funny fights in general.
0: No, I've really only seen uh, angels Muay Thai angels. I saw that. Fight. She
1: fought teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Coco Puff actually fought uh, three times in just six days. She first fought on, at the Santai Festival, and then she had another fight with I don't actually know who her opponent was, but a friend of mine went to the fight and said she won, mm-hmm. and, and then uh then she fought Saifar at the end of it yeah. and she came out of it with like hardly any damage she just had this tiny little cut <laughs>
0: so, yeah, yeah I was reading Moise I am, and they were saying that that was her souvenir they can oh, really <laughs> they can be a real dicky in their uh, <laughs> in their write ups sometimes <laughs> um, I did see something interesting in Moise I am, which was and um, if you alright so this is Moise I am for people when I'm talk, talking about it, it's this is the the weekly magazine that comes out, and they also have a daily. Um, but the weekly magazine in the same spot right after the centerfold has like a write-up of, um, this is always just like the announcements of women's fights that are going on. And the very first thing that was written was this very odd announcement about how girls can train Muay Thai, and it keeps them from being fat. And is good for their health. Oh, lovely. So, so, it wasn't, it wasn't actually advertising any particular gym. It was actually just advertising Muay Thai as like a fitness health thing for girls, um, which I have never seen in in Muay Thai before. Um, although there is like a growing appeal of Muay Thai for middle class, um, so I guess maybe it's kind of fitting in there. But. I'm not not entirely sure what the demographic of Moisayam readers is. I'm guessing that's talking to, like, girls' dads and stuff. Like, I don't think that that's – I don't think that there are girls
1: reading it that are like, oh, I'm going to go train Muay Thai now. Yeah, what you said about um this whole n- middle-class, like, Muay Thai thing going on, there's so many of these kind of Muay Thai fitness gyms opening up. I actually – yesterday on my way to work, I saw that there, there's a Fairtex opening on – actually on my road – but um, it's it was interesting because it, the sign said Fairtex and uh, Les Mills. And Les Mills is like a, a group exercise thing. Um, I think it's from Australia, but it's really, really big in the UK. I don't know is it like do you guys have it in the like States. The it, we do have it in Thailand as well. They Plus, it's like uh, they have one called Body Combat, which is basically just like shadow boxing to music. <laughs> and... Another one called Body Pump, which is like a, a weights group exercise class. So it's strange that they put those two together. I don't know what kind of gym this is going to be.
0: I think that, um, I think Fairtex, I don't know if they closed it fully, but the Bang Pli location has kind of been a little bit out. Um, so maybe this is their uh, like reintroduction to the Bangkok area, is building a new spot there.
1: Oh, that would make sense. Uh, because Bang Pli is actually very near to where I am.
0: Oh, so maybe they're just, they're just moving it,
1: moving it over. Yeah, just moving it closer to the BTS yeah, so and closer for everybody to get to. Um, we had,
0: uh, we had mentioned Sao Sing before um, as being the the first big fight at the Santai Festival three years ago. Um, and she is making a comeback since then, like since three years ago when she had that fight. She has gotten married to, to um, a, a teammate at her gym. Um, Sanchai San Chai and, uh, and had a baby not that long ago uh, yep. I think maybe like four months or something and so she's she's making her comeback on March 11th in now. Juliana yeah versus Juliana who uh, Juliana has a YouTube channel called get in the ring and she's also on Facebook um, but Juliana fights a, a lot of different people and this fight is in Laos at a casino like just past the border um and so has has a very good reputation um because this is her first fight coming back um it's kind of like you you don't really know um how more than a year off is is gonna affect a fighter but she's got years and years of experience and uh from the videos i've seen of her of her kicking the bag and stuff like that she looks really great
1: it's going to be very interesting to see her come back. And, uh, Juliana said that there's there's an online bet coming up for this fight, um, which she said she was already like on the losing end of. <laughs> but uh, I've never seen that before. Online bets for fights over here.
0: I'm I've never seen it either. Although I know that when you fight on TV, um, I always get warnings from my trainers about you know being careful with your water and all that stuff because the gambling is so much wider. Um, so so the money can be really huge because it's coming from all over the place um, it makes sense that it's an online bet because it's in Laos uh, rather than in Thailand um, but Julianne is a good fighter and um, she definitely has, has matched up with some really good competition um, yep. and I think that it would totally throw me for a loop to be hearing about that online betting and stuff I hate that stuff but at the same time I think that she sells herself short a little bit I think that she's gonna do really well in this fight yeah
1: I'm excited for her. Also um, Farida who who you said that Sausing fought at the Santai festival back along, um, She she's now in Phuket training and she posted the other day that she, she fought for a title although she lost it on points although I don't know what title it was or who her opponent was but I'm excited to see her Fighting again because when she was last in Thailand, she had some really big fights. Yeah. Uh, I think she didn't she fight Nam for a title. That sounds like something that happened. (laughs) (laughs) We'll confirm that. (laughs) Go research team. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but I'm excited to see more fights coming from her.
0: Yeah, uh, a woman, um, a Thai fighter whose name is Mary. Um, who I met at Sang Cot gym, but apparently she doesn't train there. She trains at Verona Farm, which I don't know what gym that is, but on her Facebook page, I see, I see her training there. It seems to be um, a you know, pretty normal gym. Um, she fought against Whitney Tobin, who's fighting out of Kiev Pontip. She's Australian. Um, and Mary posted uh, some, some rounds of the fight. It was a great fight. Uh, whitney's got this incredible strong right kick that she just like man she is nailing that thing out um and mary took away the win in that fight uh and whitney posted on my sharing of the rounds of the fight that that was one of the hardest opponents or the hardest opponent she's ever been in the ring with um Mm -hmm. and mary is just like she's one of these women that you because we're fighters, we know that fighters don't have to be like all aggressive all the time. But she's so sweet, like she's just so nice that I would, I'm like, you don't punch me in the face. <laughs> she's just, like,
1: she's very good. She had a very good long clinch in that fight. Another fighter out of Phuket um, is Marcella Soto, and she from uh, Costa Rica. And she just won a WBC Asia title. Um, I don't know who her opponent was unfortunately, but um it's exciting to see that she won that she's been fighting like very frequently yeah she's um she's got a a big history
0: in in fighting in general she has a lot of boxing fights um last year she fought samson um uh who is this kind of like uh relentless fighter um at like 48 kilos and, and she holds a lot of uh, world titles in boxing and, and Marcella went and fought her and said that it was an incredibly difficult fight for her. Um, she she lost on, uh, I think it was a KO in the 10th round or something like this. Um, but she's totally getting like these really good uh, like kind of high profile fights in, in the past year. Um,
1: yeah, it's good for her to be in Thailand because she's like 48 kilos. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of good of opponents for her here. Yeah. Um you will end up fighting her one day. Yeah, maybe.
0: <laughs> I remember they were asking me to fight um they were asking me to fight uh Samson. I'm like, I'm not a boxer. Like I am not yeah. gonna fight for a boxing world title. i am like there's no reason I should be fighting for this. Um and so many people asked me, like I was getting asked by the same people so many times that I was like, There must be other Forty-eight kilo weapons yeah. out here. Like I cannot be the only one.
1: And they, they were just really, really desperate to find a foreigner for that fight. They even asked me, and I was like, Are, are you shitting me? <laughs> <laughs> and they ended up getting the star, who is a Thai girl, and saying she was French and bringing her out with a French flag. Um, I think it was because this this title, it was some kind of international thing. She had to fight foreigner for it, right?
0: Yeah. And um, the star is much bigger. Like I don't think she made weight for that fight. Um, and the name that they, that they gave her, they just gave her, like, a Western Frenchy sounding name. Um, it was Stephen Bernard. <laughs> what? And I was like, that is a very Western
1: French name, but it is not a girl's name. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, we just watched the star fight the other day in Colanta. Uh, they have this new kind of promotion. It has, so- it has some kind of affiliation with Max Muay Thai. It's called a Seven William Muay Thai. Because they have a William Stadium down there. Um, and it was like. It was streamed through the, uh, some web TV channel. And it was like a weird format. They had three round fights. Uh, two actually fought on it. Uh, he was the main event. But uh, the star fought. What was her name? Motang? Motang, oh, yeah. And.
0: Yeah, I, that was a really good fight. It was. You and I, Emma and I were like. Basically, Emma was painting her nails, which, by the way, they look great. Um, <laughs> and I was, like, on my computer with – with, and both of us just had these fights in the background. So to be fair, we were not, like, paying close attention, but the fights were not – they were not grand for a while. But when the star and Modang came on, they totally just, like, amped up the level of the fights. They fought hard and really well, and even the
1: announcers in the tie were like, oh, if the guys had been fighting like this, <laughs> like, this is great. Um, yeah, yeah, that was the first fight of the night that was actually interesting. And Amadang's fought a lot of foreigners, right?
0: Yeah, I believe that she that she fights on Phuket most of the time. Um, and I'm I'm a little bit curious about her weight because the star I think walks around at maybe like 56 or something like this. And and you said they fought at 53 or 54. This fight was at 53. Yeah. Yeah. So so I don't know. Um, like, if, if they both came down to that, or if they did the weigh-in or not. Um, there, there was
1: a weigh-in. Um, well, for Q's fight, but did everyone weigh-in? You would think so, but you never know. You never, entirely, you never <laughs> know. Um, but it was, it
0: was a good fight,
1: and I was very excited about, I've fought
0: Star twice. Um, they were close fights, but, but I haven't beat her. Um, and you've experienced clinching with her, because we were training at umi Kun together, and she's so strong. Um, and she was doing this really awesome, yeah. she was just taking this super wide stance and, like, hopping backwards, um, that I totally want to steal. I was screaming at the screen for her to turn, which <laughs> she, <laughs> she didn't ultimately end up doing, but she did win the fight, uh, pretty decisively. Um, yeah. Motang made a, a strong argument in that third round, um, but, but definitely a win for the star there.
1: Um... Yeah, let's see what happens with this promotion. It was strange cuz uh did you see they had like a kind of lucky draw in the middle of in the middle of the event? No, I missed I missed that. <laughs> yeah, it was in between those fights and the main event. They had like a lucky draw that where they were giving out like t-shirts and then somebody won a TV. But um because of where it was on, on Koh Lanta, like, the, the audience is, is mostly for Rang, right? Right. And uh, they had, like, obviously Thai announcers and then a, a Thai lady who was, like, translating it all in English. So they were like, okay, keep your ticket because we're going to read out the ticket number. And uh, the, the, the number that we read, you're going to win a price or whatever. And then it was really, really awkward because this guy was just reading out numbers <laughs> in Thai. And the, the lady wasn't translating it. And he went through, like, eight... Tickets with nobody answering. I was like, if you just translated it, you'd get the winner. But they were just standing there reading out numbers for the longest time. It was so awkward. But eventually, somebody went away with the TV, and then we could uh, watch the rest of the fights.
0: So, the <laughs> raffle for people who were present,
1: like in the audience. Yeah, yeah. People who bought a ticket, they had to check their ticket number. All right.
0: So, um, for this podcast theme. Um, we're gonna talk about something that's a little bit complicated we like complicated <laughs> things to talk about um, which is when you're training long-term at a gym um, you can end up getting kind of stuck with, with one pad holder um, and for some people that's really great I'm with the same pad holder all the time and that's like perfect um, but sometimes you can get stuck with someone who is not for you the best pad holder and it's very difficult because of Thai social hierarchies, to um, address that in a in a very like I want a different pad holder <laughs> type of way.
1: Oh yeah, it can be quite offensive to them. Yeah, so so it's difficult to navigate that because uh, and and sometimes you might you might get a train who's a little bit possessive as well.
0: Yeah, I would say that's actually um, kind of the norm. Um, And I think think that that possessiveness depends also on their rank in the gym. Um, If they're high-ranking, they're very possessive, uh, and trying to even suggest, like, I I want to try pads with someone else can um, not come off great. And I think it's a little bit tricky for women as well, because, um, one, we tend to get picked up by the lazier or doggier pad holders who like only hold for women because we're smaller or easier or because they want to like flirt Um, and then it's it's difficult because if you're at a gym for a short time um, it doesn't I don't think it matters that much you can offend people more easily because you're not there for a long time you're gonna go Um, and then on top of that there's not as much time to kind of get stuck in in, in a situation But I think it's important to think about how to navigate it in order to get the most out of your time. If you're here for a short time, a lot of people, they come to Thailand like once. Um, And so to not get the most out of your training uh, is is disappointing for one. Um, But then if you're here for a really long time and you kind of have to constantly be jockeying the um, position at your gym and kind of not offending people but also offending people because you want to get What's good for you? um, I think it's it's just a very difficult thing to know how to approach, um, and it's also I think especially difficult for women to give yourself permission to piss people off. Like I think a lot of women won't do that.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) You don't want to kind of upset anyone, but it's it's hard because you know you want to get the best out of your training, but you don't want to piss anybody off. Yeah. So I was I was a little bit curious.
0: Um, we were talking about this, and my experience has mostly been that people get kind of sorted and end up going with the same trainers all the time. You kind of get assigned, um, and there may be a little bit of, like, hopping around in the early part of when you're first at a gym, but you generally, once you go with one trainer, they kind of end up just taking you every time and that's you know that can be good or that can be not great great depending on um, how well you feel you're working with that trainer Um, but you had said that at your gym you were actually one of very few people to work with the same trainer all the time.
1: Yeah it seemed like um, most other people even the other fighters they kind of just hopped around and worked with whoever they wanted to work with on that day or or depending on what exactly they were working on I mean I've, I've always generally been with with one trainer um and it it just always worked that way like like you said for you like it's great like it's not a problem for me i work with him because i want to work with him and and we have a a good relationship but um everybody else in the gym they seem to kind of hop around they don't really seem like tied to one particular trainer how do they do that do they just
0: tell the the trainer when they walk in i want to work with you today or they just kind of like pick them when it's time to go in the ring or
1: um because we'll all spar, and then uh, the trainers will get kind of like geared up, and they'll say, "Who wants pants pad work?" And you just walk in when you know you walk over to the, whoever you want to do pads with, and it's fine.
0: If you want to do if you want to do pad work with the same person as someone else, and you have like your turn is at the same time, do you basically wait for that trainer, or do you just take someone else that day, and you're like, "I'll go with him tomorrow" or something?
1: Um, if you really wanted to work with that guy, you would just wait.
0: Hmm. Yeah. It's, um, when I was, when I was up at Lana, when I first started, um, maybe like a month in, I got hooked into this trainer who's actually an amazing train trainer, but he's so lazy and skeezy that I couldn't, I had no control over whether it was going to be like a really good pad session or it was going to be him walking around talking to people for like Mm -hmm. 10 minutes. Um, and it, it was really difficult for me to get out of that situation because at, at that gym you kind of are with the trainer that you're with um, and it's it's not, it's not necessarily meaningful which person you get put with it's just like once you've gone with someone you kinda just keep getting put with them um, yeah. and the way I ended up getting out of that is that he went to do a seminar in another country so he was gone for like a month and I made my escape while he was gone um, and so then I had a, a different trainer um, well, that was just very convenient. <laughs> it was very convenient um but it was still awkward when he came back because he came back and then there was this like shutout out that was like no i'm I'm with this other trainer now um and it's not that he's a shitty trainer, but it is that he's a shitty trainer like I could not <laughs> I could not have like totally out of my control whether I was gonna get decent pad work or not and then there was a trainer at that gym who is um he tends to get the beginners um, or the bigger guys because he's, he's, he's a, a bigger-bodied person. And there was this woman I was training with who would see my pad work, and she wanted to go with my trainer. Um, but she was pretty much stuck with this other trainer, and she's like, how do I get out of doing pad work with him? And I, I kind of understood where she was coming from. You kind of have to know what he's working on. Otherwise, it just seems like he's dicking around the whole time. Um, but I kind of was like you you can only ask to go with someone else like at the beginning of trainer but you can't make a big thing about it because this guy's older than all the other trainers so it's gonna be like super offensive but he also doesn't have rank other, other than his name like he was not the head trainer or anything like that um and it's it's tricky like you basically just have to accept that you're gonna be pissing someone off um and if you're at a gym for a long time that can have some consequences um but in the long long run, it, it might be worth it to do so.
1: Yeah, like you saying that just made me think that, you know, I had some other training partners at my gym who had the same experience. They, they would kind of watch watch my pad work and be like, I, I want to train with him or I kind of want to get the training that you're getting. Yeah. I didn't realize before because I, I was just doing my own thing. I didn't realize that they were not really happy with their own, their own yeah. pad holders and they kind of felt stuck. It's tricky, though, too, because I've now
0: down here, I've had people say they want to go with my pad holder because of my pad work. And then then it doesn't look like that because they haven't <laughs> been training with him for a year. You know? <laughs> but exactly. Yeah. It, yeah, it's not going to look like that necessarily. Um, but um, at my main gym, Pinu takes takes me all the time. Like I'm his uh, I'm his student, which to me is glorious because he doesn't actually work with all of the kids. All the time anymore. Um, so I feel very lucky that I get to work with him all the time. But there are times that he uh, passes me off to someone else because he's tired or he, he, you know, can't really do it that day or whatever. And I'm happy enough to go with someone else, you know, like once. But I'm, I'm also aware that if you get passed off to someone else like three times, you can end up just being with that person now. Now, and I'm like, I'm not gonna like, I can't, I can't handle being being passed off to someone. Arbitrarily, you know. Um, so I think that that when people first come to gyms, oftentimes you may not know who's the best trainer for you until you're already kind of stuck with someone. Um, so when you first come, I think it's a good idea to try to be a free agent. When you first arrive at a gym and they don't know you yet, asking to go with different people is completely. Uh, open, I guess, or like more, more appropriate at that time. Um, and then if you need to change trainers, um, I would recommend that you actually take private sessions with the person that you want to go with in order to kind of bridge that relationship. And it, it might create some tension in the gym. Um, when I was at Lana, I started taking private lessons with Nung, uh, who was a WBC champion um, and I was just taking boxing lessons with him and it totally changed uh, dynamics at the gym and not all of that was good um, but it was good for me and it um, it kind of needed it needed to happen um, whereas now at my gym um, at, at Petrung Rung I'm very aware of like when I asked the elbow poacher to do a private with me I was very aware of how that was um, affecting the hierarchy and, and I don't think that I can do another one with him easily like I just have to kind of like lay that low for a long time and, and step step back so um, you you because you go with the same trainer most of the time and then you had another trainer who you were going with and you had a little bit of a like pissing contest yeah
1: <laughs> I was just about to mention that yeah um, that, that was a time when kind of my, my gym was not not so great. It didn't have much energy, and the, the trainer that I was normally working with, he frankly just—I don't think he really cared that much. So it kind of got to a, to a point where I had to I had to go with someone else. And uh, this this other trainer, his name is Dalmai, came in, and, and and he had this energy, and he really wanted to teach me, and he did not care at all yeah. <laughs> about who he upset. Um, so he would just go with me every day, and I and I would get kind of side-eyed sometimes from Chris Singh, who is my... He is the head trainer, and he's normally the guy that I'm always with. Um, And they have very different styles too, Um, so that also clashed. um, Because they would be teaching me totally different things. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, there would be times when uh, it was it was really was really awkward yeah Uh, I would I would be training with with Daomai and then cruising would come over and be like no don't do that do this this and I'm like ah who do I listen to (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I actually asked Master Tolly one time you know if one if this one trainer is telling me am I going to do pad work uh, or bag work and this other trainer is saying do clinching who do I listen to you know it's it's hard but his answer wasn't very helpful. He just kind of said, "Work it out for yourself."
0: <laughs> yeah, that sounds
1: really high, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, also, I mean, Downey has left now. Um, he was he actually couldn't couldn't hack the kind of gym politics thing. He was like, I'm out. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> and he's now in Buriram, uh, teaching little kids by himself. Um, but then I was with with Singh quite a lot a lot again. But uh, in the last couple of weeks, I've been going with this it was a other younger guy who's a friend of cruising, And um, it wasn't a problem at all. I would just walk over and I'd say to cruising, like, I'm, I'm going to do pads with him today. And he, he'd be fine with it. He'd just kind of say to him, oh, do this, this, and this with her. Mm-hmm. And it was fine. It didn't create any problems at all. But I think it's, it's different because of the hierarchy. Yes. This guy is younger, so he can tell him what to do. Dao Mai is, like, 50-something. Right. So... Yeah, it was was a very different dynamic. It's not causing any probably problems now. It's totally fine. How do you think um, when people
0: when people come here and they may have a couple of months and so they're they're just getting into a gym and they're kind of sorting out those dynamics and and who they might be best suited for. I think I think especially when you first come in and you have a trainer who says I want to train you, it's really flattering and it feels really good and. Uh, you yeah. want to work with them, and then you may get a little bit deeper into that, and it's not actually like they may want to train you, but then they stop training you. <laughs> like you're yeah. still possessively theirs, but you're not getting anything out of it. Um, how do you think, as a beginner, you should assess um,
1: trainers and and getting into those kinds of relationships? It's, it's very hard, like like you said said you kind of have to to a certain extent not really care too much about pissing people off but you don't want to kind of have a negative effect on your relationships with the trainers there because then they're they're not really gonna take too much care of you you know what i mean Mm. so i think you you don't need to to worry too much when it's a short-term thing like you said i think when you first come in into the gym you kind of have to kind of be freer and and just try and work with different people, but but like you said, when when one trainer kind of takes you under his wing, and when you first get there, it's hard to kind of escape that. Yeah. If, if later on you realise, oh, actually, I, I kind of want to work with this guy, or I'm not really getting certain things out of th- this trainer.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's, it's hard to know on a short-term thing, especially if you're fighting. You know.
0: Yeah
1: because there'll usually be one guy who takes over and who, he'll be your corner. And you really want to make sure that's the right guy. <laughs> <you know.
0: laughs> I feel like um, at the beginning, you really, really need to be intuitive, especially because when you, when you first come to Thailand, if it's your first time coming to Thailand, it's like you've been beamed to Mars. Like, it's, you don't really know what's normal. You kind of are, like, thrown into this experience that, like, everything thing, is different and so it's kind of a sensory overload um and i i think that it's difficult to realize that who's an incredible trainer for one person may just not be a great trainer for you um and i had a friend come out who she was working working with a trainer who i've had other friends work with this same trainer and they're like he's the best like he was the best trainer i ever had and um he's very he's very corrective, so he was constantly trying to push her towards his particular style, which some people really love, and I think that in her case it just kind of took her confidence away. Like, she she basically was being told, you're wrong all the time, which yeah. we're used to. You are wrong all the time <laughs> when you've been training here for a long time. Um, but it's not that he's a bad trainer, it's that those two together uh, don't produce the kind of
1: like, confidence and working relationship that's good for that fighter. Um, Absolutely. And sometimes it goes both ways. Sometimes the trainer will just, like, not enjoy working with your, your style at all. Yeah. I've had that <laughs> with, with trainer before, and they were just like, oh, no, like, you go to that guy. Like, I can't work with you. I have um, I have trainers out here. Who
0: There's, there's a guy from the U.S. Who's, who's training here. And because he's a dude from the U.S., he's very open about, like, I want to train with you. And even if the trainer is giving off all of these hints that they don't want to train with him, yes. like, oh, no, I'm, I'm bad at what you're asking me to do. I'm not strong enough, or, like, whatever the thing is. Like, totally trying to get out, and he's like, nope, I want you. <laughs> like, that's so, so, so something that you don't see women do as strongly. Yeah. Um, and it's it's one of these things where, like, there are some people who are just going to see it as, like, I'm paying for a service, and I'm going to get that service. Service. Um, and then there are some people who are like, I'm just completely... Um, submissive to the situation and whoever takes me is like doing me a favor and you kinda have to like find the
1: middle of those things. I've had people come into my gym on on that first side of it and been like well I'm, I'm paying so I'm gonna I'm gonna get this and I don't really care who I upset on the way and I've kinda of been like well you're a dick. <laughs> you <know? laughs> because at the end of the day it's, it is another country, it's another culture, you do have to be sensitive to that, you know?
0: Yeah. So, assertive, but not a dick.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Just trying not to be a dick.
0: (laughs) So, we got some questions uh, for this podcast. Um, And the first one comes from Kristen, who asked about um, female referees. So she wanted to know whether female referees have to go under the bottom ropes, and yes, they do. Um, I work with a, a woman who's a big promoter up in Assan, and she wears these super fancy outfits um, for for the fight nights because she's one of the big promoters, and she has to go under the bottom ropes in her like fantastic heels and pantsuits <laughs> and things like this. <laughs> uh, any woman, any woman getting in the ring has to go um, under the bottom rope at these mean. Yeah, doesn't matter who you are. But I will say that um, female referees wear pants, which is interesting because in Thailand, if you have a government job or if you're in school, anything to do with, like, official government things, you have to wear a skirt if you're a woman. Um, so while this is not a government job, it is an official sanctioning body, and they dress pretty much the way male referees do, which I think is actually kind of a big thing.
1: I mean, can you imagine refereeing in a skirt?
0: I, I can, and it's <laughs> horrifying. Um, it would not work at all. <laughs> Um, I only know of a few female referees Uh, we both know Harneen and Peach both of whom are former fighters and then I was refereed by a female ref in Hua Hin for the King's birthday um, maybe three years ago two years ago Um, and they I've never seen them referee a male fight Uh, they seem to only referee for women
1: yeah, from what I've seen. Hanin is uh, refereeing up in Chiang Mai quite regularly. She was she's been the referee for quite a few a few of um Coco fights. And Peach seems to only do like the high profile shows. Like she was a referee on Muay Thai Angels. She was a referee on Muay Thai Day Show. Um, and she's actually been working with Thai fight teaching some kind of police academy people. Yeah. I think yeah. Zaza did that also. Yeah but I've never seen them, them uh, referee a, a men's fight. Um, so she also asked about the certification, like how, how
0: these women are certified. And it's pretty much the same way men are, but do you know what that is?
1: I don't know um, the name of, of the course that they do, but I, I from following um, Honey and Peach on Facebook, I know that they did do a referee course, like they went to school for it, um, and they did do a course with men also. A mixed thing and then after after completing that honey moved up to Chiang Mai
0: Yeah, she's um it's good for her being in Chiang Mai because there are so many uh female I think there are female fights on every single card um at least one so uh that's amazing if she only does one fight per night if she only refs for women but I honestly can't even picture a woman reffing for a man. There was a kid at my gym, he's like 14 years old, and he was really upset that I wasn't going to come to his fight to be his cornerman, because I had cornered for Angie. And I was like, taking a poll of all the boys at the gym, I'm like, have you ever seen a girl uh, corner for a boy? And they're like, no, that's ridiculous. And I'm like, that's amazing that this kid doesn't think <laughs> that way. Like, you've never seen it. But he's like, no, of course you can corner for me. you cornered for Angie. Um, but she, uh, Kristen asked if this is a uh, career option for former fighters uh, when they retire higher which I would say it is but I don't think it's common enough that it would be like a, a big option
1: no um, actually what's interesting is that um they sometimes teach they have of uh, guest referee teachers come into my gym sometimes as part of like the the instructor course that they do and uh... uh Uh, we've had two separate guys come in they both refereed some of my fights before and sometimes they'll use me as like like, uh, a a fighter to put on like a mock fight and have a guy kind of learn to referee as we we spar and that's really interesting, it's good for me because I learn lots of stuff too (laughs) Um, so yeah I've done that a bunch of times I don't know if it works in the same way when they actually do the the course um, for the Thai referees but I imagine it would be quite similar I remember Peach having to pass like a C license and then a B license kind of thing, so it's kind of like a you do certain grades or certain steps yeah. before you referee a full rules fight. At that um at that one round knockout
0: tournament thing they did last month, um, there was another female referee who was not Peach, so there must be there must be a few more. Few more
1: mm. Yeah, yeah, there are a few more. Yep. I also yep. had another question from the same person from Kristen. She asked, "What's your daily training like, and how do you adjust it when preparing for a fight?" Um, I think that's quite different for both of us because you are fighting so much more than I am. <laughs> so I don't imagine that your training can really change before a fight, right? No, it doesn't. It doesn't really change. No. No. I mean, sometimes I guess you don't even know you're fighting until the day before or something. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> um, for me. Um, it's difficult because I have to find a balance between work and training. Mm. Um, so I, I'm not able to train twice a day. So everything that I'm going to do, I have to get it all out of the way in the morning, and then go to work in the evening. If I have to weigh in, then I'll come and do like a session in the evening. But I finish work at 9 p.m., so I'll be like trying to do some cardio at like 10 o'clock at night, which is not ideal. Um, but for me, the only thing that really changes is I. I, I can't really balance doing any strength strength training with everything that I'm doing when I'm really preparing for a fight. In definitely in the last week, I can't do. I don't learn any words, and maybe maybe even the week before that is, is kind of hard, just because a I don't have the energy to do all of those things. Uh, I certainly don't have the time, so I kind of just cut that out just just before I start fighting.
0: Do you tend to focus on um, pad work or clinching or sparring or like change your focus to just um,
1: emphasize any of those? I mean, I, I'm always. I mean, of course, we're always doing sparring, pad work, clinching. But yeah, I will. My, my focus will switch to to more um, cardio and, and being able to recover in between rounds and stuff, rather than strength. is not really my priority at that time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll be doing a lot more like drills on the bag and stuff.
0: Do you ever, um, do you ever focus on particular tactics or skills? If um, most of the time we don't know who we're fighting, and even if we do, we don't know anything about them. But do you ever know that you're fighting a puncher or a clincher or something, and, and make adjustments there?
1: Mm-mm, no, we never knew who we were fighting. <laughs> um, most of the time or sometimes I might just because I I look up all of the girls if I'm lucky enough to get a name beforehand but then the trainers will be like yeah I don't know who that is yeah um, <laughs> um but the only other thing that really changes is, is I start doing my pad work in seven minute rounds instead of like three or four minute rounds um so instead of like doing a round and then a, and then a break we'll do the round work through the break and then through the end of the second round wow um, so that's like a full seven minutes. And then and so how much is your... Start between those rounds? Um, There's still just um, the one minute break in between. Wow. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> That is actually um, part of the reason, you know, why earlier I was like, oh, I started going with this, uh, this other trainer <laughs> because uh, Chris Singh makes me do that all the time. And there was like a day when I was just like, I don't want to do that. I just can't do it. <laughs> so I was like trying to sneak over with this other guy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the seven-minute rounds really work. The, tried- the first day, it's absolutely horrible. Um, but it, it gets much. But you see, like a, a very quick improvement after yeah. that. You start to recover much more quickly in between yeah. rounds. I started
0: noticing recently that while um while the timer has a one-minute round, I don't think Pinu has given me a one-minute round in like a year. They're about oh, fifteen yeah? seconds long. He makes me like kick through most of the most of the yeah period, but. I would say that um, even though I fight so so often, so I'm not really changing my routine daily. Um, when I'm when I'm like within five days or something of my fight, um, I think mentally I just try to be way more relaxed and um, loose in my training. Like I I don't take anything down. Um, I don't tend to taper or anything like that. But um, I try to like come out of coach mode, like inner co- coach mode. Um, try not to be like oh you shouldn't be doing that like every <laughs> every yeah. inner coach is always like oh your your knee is not turning correctly or something like that I try to just be more loose about it because it's just going to come out the way it comes out so yeah, yeah. <laughs> more fun um, someone asked me about women coming and training with me because I, I put out an invitation for women to come and train with me and I've had an astonishing response and currently have like four or five women at the gym which is really amazing awesome. uh, and they come from all over and they're very different levels um, it's very fun for me because uh, one I have more consistent uh, clinching or sparring partners um, and two it's one, of these, it's one of these things where like just having another woman at the gym when you're the only woman at the gym for so long is super exciting it's like um, I, I just watched Kung Fu Panda 3, and he gets all excited because he meets another panda, and he's like, you look like me, and I'm like, that's kind of my experience, and <laughs> <laughs> <You're good. Yeah. laughs> um, so, you're it's, Um It's really exciting because I really love having other women at the gym. Um, the response from my gym has been really cool, like, um, my trainer uh, seems to be applying what has worked for me onto these other women. So like he's forcing them to clinch like crazy, which is really funny because because he was not like that when I first when I first got there, but he clearly sees that it works. So now they're like all being punished for what worked for Sylvie. Um but it's also a little bit uh it's a little bit difficult <laughs> cuz I've been like training by myself for so long that actually having to uh, remember to engage and like and and be aware of the other people being there um, is slightly difficult. I need to be less, less asocial, (laughs) which is not easy for me. Um, But you have women come and train with you. Like, I was very jealous because everyone would come and train with you and nobody would come and train with me. So you've met quite (laughs) a few (laughs) people.
1: Yeah, that is true. It was really convenient, actually, that my friend uh, Marina just came here for a month from Japan and she's like kind of the same size as me and she just left on Sunday so she was only here leading up to to this fight that I have today um, which is good because before that I had nobody to spar with well no decent sparring partner but um yeah we need to work out a way that we can all train together yeah
0: we should create some kind of tram that goes directly from my gym to your gym, <laughs> kind of like.
1: <laughs> and then, uh, did you have one more question? I had a question from a guy named Ricky who said he's looking to teach Muay Thai, but only at a beginner level. And did we have any suggestions as to how we get started? This is quite difficult to answer because obviously he's, he's talking about... Um, in the West and and that is I, I do not have any experience of Muay Thai in the West at all actually because I only started training out here um, I'm I'm not sure if he means like group training or personal training or um, I, I never really worked with uh, in, in Muay Thai gyms in the UK so I'm not really sure how it works mm. um, maybe if he's looking to do like maybe a personal trainer certification first, and then, like, go into Muay Thai from there? Yeah. I'm not sure. What do you think?
0: Um, I think that I think that there are a lot of different ways to go about it, and I'm not sure. Um, I think it depends greatly on the situation, which one you would end up doing. Um, I did teach in the U.S. for a short time um, in different capacities, so one way you could do it is actually just the way people put up a piece of paper with like your phone number clipped on the bottom um, a million times and, and say that you uh, can teach beginners um, and, and see if you can get kind of one-on-one clients that way if you have a space where you can teach them. Um, another option is just to go around to gyms and see um, if you can uh, be an assistant coach for a while or um, let them know that, that you uh, want to teach and, and see what kind of programs they have available like that. Um, but in terms of preparing yourself um, like what do you do to become become a teacher um, I don't know what kind of like certifications or requirements there are in most places um, but being able to break things down um, in order to get people to understand the basic mechanics and if you have more than one student at a time they may be at kind of um, different Abilities. so being able to have two people who, for one, it's very easy and for one, it's very difficult having them do the same thing at the same time can be really tricky. Um, so maybe uh, look at trainers uh, in classes or online or something and how they uh, break it down for people and then try to figure out how you can relay the same kind of information. Um, but I always say that I don't want to teach, which is true, but I've really enjoyed the times that so maybe i do like teaching i don't know (laughs) but it's
1: it's yeah i mean i've never i've never taught muay thai but in teaching english i always thought i would hate being a teacher in general um because i kind of i hate talking to a group i I hate being the center of attention (laughs) um but i love it like i I find it really really rewarding i thought i would only do it for six months and i've been doing it like more than four years now i really really enjoy it yeah yeah you never know Yeah, so hopefully our
0: vague answers (laughs) (laughs) help a little bit. All right, so just as as the last thing, something completely un-Muay Thai related, Um, Emma and I are going to recommend other podcasts or the weird stuff that we're reading or watching right now (laughs) because we tend to geek out about the same things. Um. Kevin and I watched the most recent John Oliver uh, last week tonight, and I think he's pretty fantastic. So
1: I love him. <laughs> I just watched his uh, Donald Trump one last night before oh. I went to bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were watching that last night and I got pretty excited.
0: Um, his, his, uh, epic, Burn at the very end, like it all just kind of pulled together so well. It was, uh, it was really beautiful.
1: I I listened he, to the he just podcast. The nail on the head every single time. <laughs> every topic he does is so good. I listened
0: to the podcast that you told me about. Uh, I I've, I've forgotten what it's called now. Bugle? Is it Criminal? No, bugle. The John Oliver. Oh, one. oh the John Oliver one. Okay. It's it's a little bit odd for me. Um, it it doesn't. Sound to me like a podcast, but the man is very funny. It's basically just satire, um, which I like. Um, But it's it's not quite. I don't listen to music when I run. I listen to podcasts when I run, so um, it's it's not quite in that vein. But uh, when I'm like grocery shopping and don't want to talk to people, I was totally listening to that (laughs) in the grocery
1: store. (laughs) My my uh my running music has been quite strange recently. It's been a a mixture of like '90s R&B and then like Marvin Gaye. Uh, you wouldn't think Marvin Gaye would work when you're like doing sprints and stuff, but it works, sucks. <laughs> and then like Adele, because I recently just gave in to the fact that I love her. Um, and then like podcasts about like unsolved murders. Yeah, so so
0: that's what I listen to when I'm running. Yeah, I've uh, I've been really into Serial, but I'm I'm a little bit pissed off that they've gone to like every other week. Um, so I I do recommend Serial, it's really well produced and it's it's put together really well, but recently um, I've been getting really into TED Radio, Um, so it's the TED Talks, but they take a theme and they condense them um, and and make like a TED Radio Hour Um, and those are really inspirational and kind of like on subjects of kind of um, I don't know like I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but it's it's not cheesy like build you up kind of stuff, but it is kind of uh, you know larger concepts that that you can apply to almost anything, even if they're talking about like alien abductions or something. <laughs> that makes it sound dumb. It's not about that, but
1: that's what I was recently. And if you're into if you're into serial, um, you should really listen to Criminal. It's another podcast I just got into. It's a, a it's different to serial when that every episode is a different case mm-hmm. and that they're, they're all kinds of cases um, and some of them, they're really really interesting so i recently got into that i really recommend it it's just like 20 to 30 minute like little episode episodes on certain crimes yeah and now i have to go <laughs> get that <laughs> yeah it's really really good that's my new thing
0: <laughs> so for for those of you who can put the dots together emma and i are way into like True crime and murder and <laughs> things like this, which, uh, which living in Thailand, you get a lot of, um, because they will put some crazy stuff in the news, um, but, yeah, yeah. it can be a little bit disturbing. I'm still very Western in my, like, I don't want to see full pictures of dead bodies with my morning
1: coffee <laughs> kind of stuff. Yeah, it's pretty awful, like, the... the... And after the uh, the bombing at song as well, like people were just putting photos up of of all the like human remains over there. It was just awful. And even even Thai people were like, "Can you not? Please."
0: Yeah, yeah. It it seems to be divided. Um, but it's a. Uh, I mean, it's it's one of those like cultural differences that you kind of uh, are never fully gonna get your finger on. Like it, it just yeah. will always be like. <laughs>
1: i not used to that. I had a recent weird experience with that because um, there there was a, a case up in uh, Chiang Mai um, just last week or a couple of weeks ago um, where uh, an Italian guy who's very very popular in the in the Muay Thai community up there um, he there was a, a a murder suicide involving him in in Chiang Mai and they filmed. I mean the the bodies had uh had sheets over them but there was still like Arms and legs sticking out, and you can see the blood running out and stuff. And it was just like, I mean, it's it's awful anyway yeah. when it's, when it's anybody, but when you've met that person, yeah, it's it's, it's just so unnecessary. You yeah, know? it's awful. Yeah. they they do not hesitate to, to show that kind of stuff in the news. Yeah,
0: well, it's, I've I've had this weird uh, experience where people I know uh, in the West will post videos of like. um animals that have been abused and that's supposed to be this like we hate the person who have done this which obviously you do but you actually have to see what they've done which is really horrible and the the Thai version of that is with people like like they don't do it with animals they do it with people and yeah. just i think it's the same rejection on my part like the same repulsion but probably the motivation um from people who post those things is pretty similar which is like you witness the actual horrible thing that people have done rather than kind of like not wanting to see it but recognizing that it happened
1: kinda of thing. So yeah, you know, yeah. It's odd. Another thing I wanna uh, recommend is a documentary I watch recently called Hunting Ground um, which is about um, sexual assault on college campuses in, in the US and um, and that's probably gonna blow up now because uh lady gaga just sang the she just performed the her her song for that at at the golden globes yesterday
0: um and she had like
1: yeah yeah she wrote she wrote and performed the song for the film and for her performance she brought on like more than 50 um survivors on stage Mm. with her and it was really emotional you should be ready when you watch that (laughs) but uh, the, the, the documentary it it made me like rage cry when I watched it. But it's really, really good. You have to watch it. Yeah. yeah. It will enrage you. <laughs>
0: so, so, our recommendations are either John Oliver, who will be hilarious about enraging subjects, or enraging subjects that will just enrage you, <laughs> seems to be. Our well, yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Emma, for our second podcast. And, uh, we will talk to you guys in about a month. Um, good luck for your fight tonight. Yeah, you too. Thank you. And uh, I kind of
1: forgot that was happening for a minute there. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, oh, and again, the, uh, the the sponsor of Loblo for the groin guard yes. and the um, places you can order it is Amazon UK and Amazon US, and the promo code is all caps SAVE two itk the letter letter the letter two the number two and the letter letters. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that'll get you 10% off. All okay. right, thanks so All right, see you.